This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. I, uh, I found the church through a youth band. I was invited um, by a friend of mine named Stephanie to go and play drums in the youth band at church at a time in my life when I wanted nothing to do with church. And um, I, I would not stay for the messages. I would not, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really pay attention or, or do much of anything except um, go in there and play the drums. And, you know, here I am, uh, like 14 years later, And there's a part of that that's like, my gosh, and there's a part of that that's, my gosh, um, that simple ministry, and, you know, it's blessed me in so many ways. So anytime I get to see a youth band up there um, leading worship, it just takes me back to that moment, and I give God thanks for that. And speaking of um, expressing that gratitude to this, to this awesome band for leading us um, in worship, uh, this month... During October, we're entering into a new sermon series called Without You. Um, And this is really a series intended to be a series of gratitude. As we take a look at the stories of some of the quiet people, of the quiet people in Scripture um, and the quiet people in our church, and without whom God's story wouldn't be the same, and without whom our story wouldn't be the same. It's an opportunity for us to give thanks Uh, for these people, and there are many different ways we're doing that. And each week, we'll we'll tell you a different story in Scripture. Now, for some of you, this might, they they might be very familiar. Maybe you've grown up in church, been to Sunday school your whole life, you've heard a lot of these stories. Um, But perhaps, if you're new to the church, or if you haven't been um, that engaged, chances are some of these stories might be fairly new to you. Each of these characters aren't mentioned in Scripture all that much, and yet they matter a great deal Um, to the story of God. Alongside each one of those characters, um, each week we want to introduce you to someone in the church who we feel really embodies the spirit of that character that we're studying in Scripture. And another way that we want to celebrate our gratitude is through um, the opportunity to tell stories of these, like, without you stories. Who in the church has meant a lot to you Um, through various different platforms, whether it be our newsletters, our social media. I mean, if you you go into Crossroads, you'll see a photo booth set up. And that photo booth, it has a whiteboard there, and it's an opportunity um, for you, for your family, for your small group, for whoever, um, to to go to that photo booth to write the name or names of a person or a group of people um, who have meant a lot to you as part of this church family, without whom this church family wouldn't be the same um, to you. And throughout the month of October, we're going to capture those stories and we're going we're to share them. If you've been paying attention to our Facebook or Instagram accounts, you've already seen two of those stories um, go out. We certainly invite you to, to join us in that spirit of gratitude. And we also know, as I've mentioned earlier, that October is, is really a season of, of generosity in the church. And so each Sunday, um, we'll be sharing a little bit with you about how we feel um, we're building a budget that really matches our vision and our values as we express um, this gratitude in our church. I've already mentioned to you um, the pledge card. Hopefully you've received one of those this morning. Um, you can also go online uh, at apexumcfamily.org giving to find out more information about our 2019 um, generosity season. And all that to say um, that, that this season really matters in the church. 
it really matters for us because it's our opportunity to make sure that, that we're moving forward in mission and vision um, together. So we'll be taking those commitments really through the end of the year, but to best serve our budgeting process, we're hoping to get as many in by the end of October as possible. So this morning, uh, the character that we want to share with you in Scripture is a man by the name of Caleb. Caleb's story comes to us in Numbers chapter 13. That's where we're going to be hanging out this morning. We'll start right at Numbers 13, um, verse 1. You're certainly welcome to open it up in your Bibles. If you have a Bible app, you can, you can find it there. We'll also be projecting it on the screen. But as you take a moment to find it, I'll set it up by simply saying this. Uh, the, the Israelite people, this is where they are in their story. They've just been freed from slavery in Egypt. God, working through Moses, has brought the Israelites out of Egypt. And now they're on this journey to the promised land. Now, if we go back just a few chapters to Numbers chapter 10, we'll see that they've only been in the promised land for a few years at this point. You can only imagine they might be tired. They might be hungry. They might be a little frustrated. They've been journeying around for a while. And God begins to speak to Moses about the fact that well, they're close. They're close to this land in which God has promised, and now God wants them to take the next step. And so here, starting at Numbers chapter 13, we're going to read verses 1 through 3 to start. The Lord said to Moses, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites from each of their ancestral tribes. You shall send a man, every one a leader among them. And so Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them leading men among the Israelites. And one of those leading men we found out, we find out just a few verses later in verse 6, was from the tribe of Judah, Caleb, son of Jephunneh. Now this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I'll let you know that we have Caleb this is the first time he shows up in Scripture. Right now, he's just some random person from some random tribe that we are hearing about. Now, the fact that he's from the tribe of Judah will become significant later. There are a few things we learn about Judah throughout the course of Scripture that makes that tribe fairly significant. Um, it'll be the first tribe to enter into the Promised Land. Judah will be the future inhabitants of Jerusalem, which is where the temple of the Lord will eventually sit. It's also where Bethlehem is. It's also where King David and that lineage and ultimately Jesus come from is the tribe of Judah. So Judah is going to play a pivotal role in the history of Israel. But right now, right now as it stands, it's just some tribe. And Caleb is just some guy. Apparently he's important enough to be considered a leader among his peers such that he would be um, assigned this role. But that's all we know about him. Now this is what happens next. We're going to jump to Numbers 13, verses 17 through 20. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up there into the Negev and go up into the hill country and see what the land is like and whether the people who live in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land they live in is good or bad and whether the towns that they live in are unwalled or fortified, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. Be bold, and I love this part, and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now it was the season um, for the first ripe 
grapes. I love that. It's a reminder of the situation that they're in. I believe that Moses would, would think to say, and by the way, if you could bring some grapes, if you could bring some grapes, I'd love something else to eat at this point. Oh, is that about to fall down? Thanks, Corey. Appreciate you. I don't want to start a fire. Hallelujah. So Moses sends the 12. They go into this land, they scope it out, and they come back with some grapes, hallelujah, and a report, a report. We go down to 27, and this is what they said. They told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows, we came to the land in which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Yet the people who live in the land are strong, and the towns are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live by the sea and along the Jordan. And just a few verses later, they give an even better description of what they believe they're up against in verse 33. They say, there we saw the Nephilim. The Anakites come from the, Neph the Nephilim. And to ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. Now, the descendants of Anak, the Analekites, were said to be these giants. These giants. Picture, picture Jack and the beanstalk, right? Goes up to giant world, and now he's like crawling around. He's like an insect. Huge giants all around him. Um, this, is, this is probably what they felt like in the moment. They had an insurmountable task in front of them. And so they were afraid. They were afraid. They don't want to mess with the giants. They don't want to deal with these things in front of them and all the things that might stop them from going to where God is striving to take them. Remember, they're tired. They've been in the desert for a few years. They're ready to go where God wants them to go, but my gosh, how are they supposed to have the strength to go up against all these people? And I think this is a place where maybe you and I can relate to the Israelites here. Because I wonder if we've ever been on the cusp of, I don't know, um, God's purpose for our life or something that God has called us to or something that we feel really called to and yet when we really think through um, what making that decision would entail uh, for fear of giants, whether they be the giants of our doubt, the giants of our insecurity, the giants of our fear, I can go on and on and on down the list. We stop. We stop. We come this close and we stop. And all of a sudden, a journey that should have only taken two and a half years takes 40 years. Because what happens is they don't end up going into the promised land. And because they lack that faith and that trust in God, God says, an entire generation of you will not see this land, except for two people, one of whom being Caleb. So the spies bring back their report. There's Caleb. It's very fuzzy. He's got some grapes. He's got some grapes, by the way. Scripture doesn't tell us that Caleb was the one um, who, who got the grapes, but this, this picture does. Um, I don't know who took the picture. Someone did. <laughs> Now, I'll tell you that the spies bring back their report. They say all the things you just heard. There are giants over there. 
And in verse 30, this is the only thing that Caleb says in this whole scripture. In verse 30, it says this, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. I spoke a minute ago about how I started coming to church because of youth band. Well, eventually I was called into ministry at a summer camp and, and at that point in my life, I, I really wanted to be a music educator. That's what I wanted to do. So when I felt that God was calling me to do something other than what I had been wanting to do for most of my um, life, it was scary. And I was a lot like the Israelites. I was a lot like the other 11 spies who thought to myself, there's, there's giants over there. How can I go? And I give God thanks for a man, his name is Vance, who was a pastor, who spoke into my life a lot like a Caleb. As I was wringing out excuse after excuse after excuse, he essentially told me to be quiet. And this, I should make the switch in my major, the switch in my trajectory, because he saw something in me that I hadn't seen in myself. And so I know that my life has been greatly blessed by the presence of not just Vance, but other Caleb's in my life, who at times when I have been, for fear of giants, not able to step into um, the purpose of God in my life, someone has said into me, um, no, you should do this, because I believe you are well able to overcome it. If only more people were like that, but that's not the case. In fact, of the 11, of the other 12 spies, um, at first, all we hear is that Caleb was the one to speak up, but later it tells us that another one of the spies um, got, on, got on the Caleb train, and that was a man by the name of Joshua. Now here's what, if we go on and we read in Numbers chapter 14, it says that the people were furious, and Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, because people didn't want to go. And they said to all the congregation of the Israelites, the land that we went through as spies is an exceedingly good land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are no more than bread for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. What an incredible word for us this morning, and yet, and yet, they don't have the last word. It says, but the whole congregation threatened to stone them. The whole congregation threatened to stone them. People were still afraid, still afraid, and so um, Joshua and Caleb, they saw God's vision for the future of their people, um, but the people didn't want to listen, and because they didn't want to listen, a two-and-a-half-year journey took them 40 years, and many of them didn't make it. Now, I will tell you this. You might not know Caleb in Scripture, but I will tell you that there are Caleb's all around us in the church. There are Caleb's all around us in the church. There's one individual I want to introduce you to um, this morning who is someone that if you've been around this church for a while, if you've been around this church and around the church leadership for a while, you will know him well. But chances are many of you uh, might not know him, recognize his name, or, or recognize him when we put him up on the screen. His name is Larry Jordan. Larry Jordan has served in church leadership for over 50 years in this place. 
And he has led this church in many ways like a Caleb. At times when there were dissenting voices and people saying, no, we can't possibly go forward in what God is calling us to, Larry was one of the ones saying, no, we need to. We need to, and we shouldn't just do it. We are well able to overcome it. And so I want to share a video, and this is, um, this is Larry, one of our Caleb's, talking about his experience being a leader in this church over the last 50 years. I had the opportunity to spend a good bit of time um, chatting with Larry as we um, made that video. And one of the things that he shared with me was actually that the first plot of land that the church bought after it, it had owned the, the sanctuary land was actually the land that our discipleship center sits on. Which I think is interesting that the land that the church developed essentially last as part of this expansion was the first plot um, that they own. One of the things, other things he mentioned to me was how when they were having those discussions in the room, there was, there was very little room for them to expect that Apex would become what it is today. At that point, there was no way that, that they could know that this place would expand and that Apex would just boom with all of these people. And yet, you know, it's, it's leaders like that who had the foresight to say, and well, if we have an opportunity, let's, let's seize it. If God's calling us to it, let's seize it that, that provides us in part um, a lot of the, the space that we have for mission and ministry um, today, spaces like this room that we are in that not just hold Sunday morning worship, but hold Sunday night youth that gives us the opportunity to bless um, families in between permanent housing um, through family promise, Sunday schools that meet upstairs, our discipleship center that houses a lot of our children's and youth ministries, as well as many of our groups and classes, as well as many other things. Um, it's a reminder that when our Caleb's led us into the future, they didn't do so with just themselves in mind. Uh, they really did so with, with you and with me in mind. And it's a reminder to me, um, not just as a pastor in this church, but as someone who invests in this church, that you know, when, we, when our church invests in things like property, it's, it's, it's so much more than, than just a mortgage or utilities or things like that. It's, it's mission and ministry that's happening in this place um, each and every day. And so we give thanks for that. One of our realities is that um, as we strive to be the most faithful body of Christ we can moving forward, um, we have given a lot of autonomy, praise the Lord, and leadership to our laity who have really led us through the process of, of budgeting for 2019. And so they've asked, they've asked our church to consider an increase to the budget, um, an increase of about 9.5% from 2018, from just over 2.2 million to just over 2.4 million. And I'll tell you that a couple of those things have to do specifically with our spaces. For example, this space, the CLC, is in desperate need of a new roof, so we need to put a new roof on it. Um, we also need to update our projectors and our screens because oftentimes, as many of you have experienced, and we haven't seen them yet today, hopefully, um, they will just go out on us randomly. Um, and so it is our desire um, to do those things as well as many others. But ultimately, friends, our, our biggest desire is to be faithful to be faithful in seeing where God is calling us and to give thanks for those who have come before us and to ask our question, you know, is, is God calling us to be the leaders, to be the Caleb's who, who call us into our future? As I said before, you might not know Caleb in scripture, but there are Caleb's all around us in the church. 
And so I, I invite you um, to join us in giving thanks for those people who have meant a lot um, to us as part of this church family. Amen? Amen.